Hello everyone, I'm Eduardo Zancanaro from Cardiac Surgery Department of San Raffaele Hospital in Milan and today is a great pleasure together with Dr. Giulia Grapsa uh, to introduce our new podcast. Uh, so welcome to the European Heart Journal Imaging Methods and Practice. We are switching to our new home, Ask Journal. Uh, and uh, I am the editor of the podcast and together with the senior editor of the journal, Dr. Julia Grapsa, we are so glad to welcome in this new home. Um, together, we are going to deliver the top five papers related to the uh, to a very interesting manuscript published uh, to, to the journal. So, Julia, welcome. And uh, you can uh, present the paper, but the first thing is uh, I'm so happy to be here with you. Uh, same here, uh, Eduardo. It's a great pleasure to be back again. Uh, and uh, today we are presenting a very interesting paper uh, that has a title Aortic Size Distribution Among Normal Hypertension Bicuspid and Marfan Population. And the first author is Dr. Wu, and the last author is Dr. Lee. And the authors are coming uh, from uh, Kong uh, Provincial People's Hospital in China. It's a very interesting paper because uh, it is the first time to see such a large uh, population that examines the ascending aortic diameter in the population of China. The authors examine almost 650,000 individuals that they were included in the final analysis. And first of all, in the normal population, the mean ascending aortic diameter was 27.2 plus minus 3.1 millimeters in women, 29 uh, with the same standard deviation in men. Then uh, the authors described that the aortic diameter increased gradually with age. And then an interesting finding was, although the bicuspid aortic valve patients had high instance of aortic dilatation, of 37% and aortic aneurysm 16.4%, the instance of aortic dissection was relatively low. Let me take you just uh, as a part of this paper to say the most important findings. Uh, first, the diameter of the ascending aorta was closely related to age and gender. The diameter increased with age and was larger in men than in women which actually has a, a significant importance when describing the gender differences for the guidelines. Second, the aortic diameter in Asian populations is smaller than in Western populations. And also, again, the guidelines need to consider these racial differences. And the aortic paradox, as the authors calling it, was addressed that almost most of aortic dissections occurred at an aortic diameter less than 55 millimeters, Incidence of aortic dissection was exponentially positively correlated with the aortic diameter in the overall population. But also, the bicuspid aortic valve patients have a high rate of aortic dilatation, but a low incidence of aortic dissection, which supports a more conservative treatment strategy. Now, Eduardo, like this was a summary of the paper, but going back to the guidelines and the most recent guidelines, what is the threshold to have a greater risk for aortic dissection? Thank you very much, Julia. This is a very uh, important question because we need to start from the guidelines. 
First of all, I would like to remember uh, to everybody that um, we are referring to the American Heart Association, Association and the American College of Cardiology Guideline of 2022 for the diagnosis and management of aortic diseases. Um, of course, uh, there is a mm, is not a, there is a clear, of course, answer which is, uh, for example, five centimeters. But we need to consider a different aspect. Um, for example, is the threshold should be considered uh, 4.5 centimeters in, in case of uh, familiarity or the presence of genetic disease or collagenopathies like uh, Marfan syndrome, Loyesteats, Ehlers-Danlos, and so on. But I also would like to remember that there are features that are associated with an increased risk of uh, artery dissection, uh, dissection, in particular in patients with uh, uh, hereditable diseases. For example, the family history of artic dissection at, dissection at uh, an artic diameter less than five centimeter, family history of an explained sudden cardiac death, uh, sudden death at age of less than 50, 50 and rapid aortic growth, which means uh, more of 0.5 centimeters uh, in one year, for example. These are very important, but I would like to stress uh, the, the, the importance of the family history that sometimes are not addressed correctly. But in, in case of aortic pathology, the guidelines stress the importance of familiarity. But Julia, so we have talked about the American Heart Association and so forth, but what about the S guidelines? It's uh, very interesting, and you're right, uh, Eduardo, that um, Professor Bell in 2014, they published in the group, they published the ASC guidelines on the uh, diagnosis and treatment of aortic diseases. And of course, this is published in the European Heart Journal. In brief, it's exactly as you said, uh, that it's adapted to the American guidelines, but also just a reminder to the audience that surgery should be considered in patients that they have aortic root aneurysm, the maximal ascending aortic diameters are actually 45 millimeters for these patients with Marfan syndrome and risk factors, 50 millimeters for these patients with bicuspid palp and with risk factors, and remains 55 millimeters for other patients with no elastopathy. And as you said, that if uh, an aorta practically dilates faster within a year, then uh, we need to have a low threshold to consider this patient for uh, a ser for an um, interventional surgical approach. Now, Eduardo, back to you. It's very interesting the fact that we don't know who are the patients that will dilate further their aorta after an, after an aortic operation. And do you know what are the current data around this? Julia, thank you very much. Yes, of course, there is an interesting paper um, which is called Dilatation of the Remaining Aorta after aortic valve or aortic root replacement in patients with bicuspid aortic valve at five-year follow-up by uh, Marian Yangiri, which is a very interesting study. Uh, they, the aim of this study was to identify the dilatation of the remaining aorta after the replacement of the aortic valve or the aorta per se in patient, and they, they divided the patient with bicuspid aortic valve or with the tricuspid aortic valve. What they found is that no significant dilatation of the aorta or the arch uh, was observed in both groups, uh, in particular in a cohort of patients uh, uh, when the, ca the cutoff diameter 
was 4.5 centimeters or, or greater. Um, so the, they need, they conclude saying that they need for Arctic replacement uh, at smaller diameter was not found. What I can say is that there are further studies that are implementing a lot this aspect. And I can tell you something which is really interesting. It is a, a sort of a, uh, tip and tricks and how to do it uh, session now because um, as a cardiac surgeons um, we are performing more and more um, a very simple technique uh, which is that after we have replaced the descending aorta um, if we see for example that the, the, the remaining part of the aorta is a little bit dilated but without indication to replace um, we sort of cover with the patch the, the 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 with the dacron patch the aorta the remaining part of the aorta a part of at least uh, a part of that in order to prevent uh, and to to keep a radial strength that probably uh, is lost uh, in the in the in the native wall this is a, a, a really a, a little things that uh, that are interesting to say since also this paper was from cardiac thoracic surgery department um, but Julia, back to you. What is the most recent paper on outcome of those patients with type A dissection? Thank you so much, Eduardo. And what you said and uh, your experience is very interesting. A surgical paper coming again from China by Dr. He uh, that was published uh, recently, like few few days back uh, in the European Journal of Cardiothoracic Surgery as uh, employs the early and long-term outcomes of young adult patients less than 30 years old with acute type A aortic dissection. This is very interesting because practically they, they describe that despite extensive repair in the dissection patients, the late aortic dilatation and the reoperation risk remain quite high. And then also it's the total arch replacement and the frozen elephant trunk procedure that achieved the satisfactory early outcomes and reduced the late aortic dilatation and the operation in young patients compared with the other records that they exist in the literature. And the authors, of course, suggest a close follow-up and aggressive early re-intervention, re which are essential for these patients because, you know, we want to keep a patient until, of course, the elderly age. Now, um, Eduardo, as a cardiac surgeon, I think it's important to do like the take-home messages from this podcast and what we've learned so far, so far from the paper that we described at the beginning. Thank you very much, Julia. Yes, um, we have discussed a really interesting aspect. I would like to say that this pathology, the aortic pathology per se, is really a multidisciplinary pathology. And this is a thing, this is really an interesting and important aspect to deliver first. So we have really um, understood a lot of things. The difference between the guidelines from the American Heart and American College and the, the, the S guidelines, we have seen how the, uh, the importance of uh, the dilatation post, uh, post replacement and also from a really interesting article on the distribution according to the different kind of population that we can encounter and with the different uh, pathology or um, genetic disease that that that, uh, that they can have they can really differ and this is a, another very important um, uh, aspect 
of course, uh, as last things, uh, uh, this is a, a really surgical field in the sense that for concerning the management, but the the diagnostic is fundamental to be multidisciplinary and to follow the patient uh, in uh, in long term, also to pre to try uh, at least to 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 have early diagnosis. So with this, I would like to conclude uh, this uh, first episode. I would like to remember to subscribe to Ask Journal Podcast and to Ask uh, TV. Uh, Julia, for me, it was a great pleasure as always. And this is the first of a long run uh, podcast uh, in, uh, in which we will deliver so many super interesting information. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Eduardo. And that's a promise. A lot of exciting initiatives to come. Thank you so much.